This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my illustrious co-host, Brie Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? It's a peekaboo co-host. <laughs> I'm delayed trying to think of ways to make visual gags for the people that are watching this on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't gone and watched us on YouTube yet, you got to go because, I mean, we, we're rocking some great fashion today. Actually, I see the, the same color so we yes. do coordinate if we were here, but I'm not going to tell you that color. You have to go see on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Can you guess the color that both Joanne and I are wearing today? And go subscribe to the No Go Bomb YouTube channel while you're there. Yes. <laughs> but we have a fantastic episode for you. We have, oh my gosh, we didn't even call her the two-timer. She's a two-timer now. Oh, we forgot to call her a two-timer. Oh, I mean, <laughs> she would have loved that too, I think. She would have loved it. It's the biggest compliment we can give you here at No Get Long because it yes. means you're a second-time guest. You're on again. We loved you so much. You're like one of our homies now. Yes. <laughs> but it's the amazing Eve Rodsky. And Eve Rod is a New York Times bestselling author of Fair Play and the national bestseller Find Your Unicorn Space and a recent documentary as well, Fair Play, which is on Hulu. And Eve was born and raised by a single mom in New York City, now lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Seth, and her three children. And we just always love talking with Eve. And throughout and this, we also talk about our balanced VIP coaching. Yes, which it's perfect timing for this episode, everybody, because we are actually opening up our balance program. And we talk a lot about Eve's work and balance, don't we? Yeah, we make it at a really core part of it, especially this idea of unicorn space, which you are going to find more about here in this episode. So let's get on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. 
Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Welcome back, Eve, to the podcast. Yay. We're so excited I to have you I here. Yesterday, it I feels know. like yesterday. It has been a crazy like time is just flying. It just flies anymore, especially the it's end of fun. the year. So, it oh, is. Yeah. And like you've been so busy, I've been following all your socials. Eve, like you have a huge campaign <laughs> going on with like. Is it Procter Gamble? Yes. That's been my dream, actually. Literally, I think the start in 2011 when I had two very, very small sons was thinking about how we don't replicate these patterns to this next generation. So our new campaign with Procter & Gamble is based on this idea that we've now really encouraged girls to code, but we've never encouraged boys to care. And even as gender becomes more fluid, there's still these incredible gender constructs where a super majority of the men I interviewed in 17 countries, Brie and Joanne, still told me that they were uncomfortable buying a doll. They would not proactively buy a doll for their son. So that's what we're doing. So Procter & Gamble is working to close the chore gap. And so it really felt synergistic. Like we don't work with brands typically unless it's a long-term partnership and they're actually committed to change in the area we are. So it's been very exciting. That, I mean, that is so exciting. What you said, like we've never taught boys to care and especially in the advertising realm and all the Correct. things they see on TV. I, I'm excited to see that because also you don't know how to do the things until you see the things. That's where you get the ideas that it's even possible. So to have this gender change in the home and to have these gender roles reverse, of course, like, of course you have to see it and it has to be widespread. So that is so exciting. Not, not what we want to talk about today because I had to go off on it. I had to talk about that because I thought it was cool. Thanks. But today we want to talk about your concept of unicorn space because it is something that we share with our Balanced VIP coaching community. We call it unicorn time in there. And it's an essential part of being a person. Can you explain a little bit about what unicorn space really is? So- I'm going to nerd out with you both since we're in like a 201. Let's nerd. Together before. <laughs> it was really interesting progression through fair play, which was sort of alarming, where women, especially, who said to me, I want to play fair. I want my partner to take on more of the domestic workload, especially if they had kids in fourth grade or above, were actually telling, so that would be like a 10 years post having their first child were telling me that they wouldn't even know what to do with that time, that newfound time that they had. Yeah. That they would use it for work or they would use it to binge watch TV. And it was really alarming to me. So that's sort of how a book about creativity and burnout became a sequel to Fair Play, right? A lot of people thought the sequel would be, which we're doing now, a book in the business, right? Bringing fair play to the business world since women do non-promotable tasks at alarming rates there, but that's, Which is needed. that's coming. That's coming. But it really was unfinished business, this idea of what we call unicorn space. So why do we have to give it a new name, this idea of space for you? Again, because when women were telling me that they were going to fill that time, it was typically with commodified wellness. So it would be like dyeing their hair or a manicure 
or it would be a spin class. It would be basic self-care or it would be adult friendships, all important things, all important things. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't going to be the antidote to burnout. And so I think what I want to explain about this concept of unicorn space is really it's this idea that you need space for things that make you come alive, that make you say, I can't believe I just did that in not a regretful way, but in a surprising way for yourself. And the reason why we need space for this is because I really wish Joanne and Bria could tell you, you know, and we've said this before, right, that a walk around the block would be the antidote to burnout. I wish yeah. I could tell you that an adult friendship would be the antidote to burnout, but really the only antidote to burnout, and again, we've alluded to this, is being consistently interested in your own life. The consistency of it was triggering for women because they could get their head around once a year girls trip, uh, mm -hmm. but they could not get their head around this idea of what does it mean to be consistently interested in my own life? Because it's hard, I think, for moms to get their head around it. They feel like they are taking away from their family, first of, of all, because that's the message we've been fed, that kids come first, family comes first, and whatever time's left over, that's what we do. We stay up late. We wake up early in the morning to get it in. Yeah. And we're also told, like you, the examples you gave, that just doing something for ourselves, like going to an exercise class or getting our nails done yeah. or watching our favorite like, you know, show is enough. That's enough. You don't need to do more than that. No, no, no. Stop there. That's good. <laughs> like what you do here is a unicorn space. You have gone through the hurdles. You've decided you have a permission to be unavailable from just, you know, your, your, your typical roles, which would have been parents and partner. And then you said to yourself, I'm going to do three really difficult things, which is what a unicorn space really is. A, a unicorn space, and you'll know you're in it, it, has three elements to it. It has curiosity, like real curiosity, values-based curiosity. And I talk about that in the book a lot, that it's not, I'm curious why my child's poop is yellow, as one woman said to me, <laughs> but real values-based curiosity. So you had that. I wonder what it would be like for Bree and me to get together and bring this message that we're doing in our coaching to the masses. Then you had to connect with each other and to podcast guests, which is always scary to ask people if they want to come on. And then also the Lisa. hardest part of connection is the completion, right? You had to actually, even if you don't like the episode, you have to still edit it and upload it, right? And then you don't know what the world's going to do with it. Those three pieces of curiosity, connection, and completion make this space for you to uh, a unicorn space. And I think it's really important to recognize that it has to have a component of sharing with the world, mm. which is why this is a long answer to say the spin class, the nails are not a unicorn space. They're, they are self-care, but it doesn't have this component of mental health, longevity. The things that I'm looking for for women are the things that will help us again, combat that burnout and part of it is the share with the world component. The share with the world component. That is so interesting because it goes beyond what I've been thinking of unicorn space as, because I've been looking at it, I guess, more as a hobby, but it's like one other thing you said is it needs to be something that makes you excited in your own life and makes you feel alive. And I'm like trying to look back and I'm like, what have I done that makes me feel excited and feel alive? I mean, one of it was we went to Italy and traveled the, girls, the trip. girls trip. 
Love it. And then, that travel is definitely a unicorn space for sure. It's unicorn space. And then mm-hmm. I think the other thing, like it was just last week made me feel alive, just putting myself out there and pitching myself for this huge presentation and getting accepted and like Yay. sharing with the world. I was like running around like crazy. <laughs> and there's and, some fear there, right? Because you're going to have to present. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to share yourself with the world. So that's the thing. A unicorn space has that little bit of, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I just did that. That's the the nature of it that makes it so special. Hey, all, it is Joanne and Brie here, and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before. And when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But If you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. 
This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. I think, again, I'll just nerd out for one more second about the science. We love nerding. So this is the science. I think what happened over the past 10 years is we've become too, really too focused on happiness. And I started to uncover this as I was researching. And what I realized about the past 10 years of all this positive psychology and happiness was that even the happiness researchers were telling me that people were misunderstanding their message. Mm -hmm. And I think even when we say to our kids, it's the wrong message. Like I remember before I knew this research, I would say to my kids, I just want you to be happy. I just want you to be happy. You know, whatever you do, I just want happiness for you. And the truth is that that's actually a really fucked up message because Anybody who's happy, like, I don't know, during what we just went through the past three years is probably like a sociopath who <laughs> care about the world, right? So, it is, yeah. Right? So I think that what I had to do was really replace it and go to the mental health experts that I loved. And once they said to me that the true definition of mental health is not being happy all the time, the true definition of mental health is having the appropriate emotion at the appropriate time and the ability and strength to weather it. As my son Ben says to me all the time, I know, mom, you don't want me to be happy. You want me to have the appropriate emotion at the appropriate <laughs> time and the ability and strength to weather it. Wait, the ability and strength, uh, he's uh, 11. He's that's 11. That's good. Yes. He definitely knows now because he hears me say it, that unicorn space is your ability and strength to weather it. It's mm-hmm. the umbrella. I'm not going to stop the rain for anybody. You're not going to stop the rain for anybody, but your podcast together is a unicorn space. Your presentation is a unicorn space because what it does for you, Joanne, it gives you an umbrella. And then that umbrella feeling stays with you during the mundane and overwhelm, which is most of our lives, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And it's a better way to combat it, that umbrella, as opposed to what we've been taught to do, as Bree said earlier, which is binge watch these private Mm -hmm. pursuits, binge watch TV, um, mommy juice, right? This idea that we have to medicate ourselves through parenting, you know, some of the women I interviewed or edibles starting at 12 um, every weekend. So instead of this unicorn space, we've been told and conditioned to numb ourselves through mm. these years. And that's actually a better place for women to be. If we're sort of numb zombies, then we can't like topple the patriarchy, right? Ah. We can't ask for positions of power. So that's I actually think point. this is more systemic than we actually think. And we oh, need man. to topple the, the patriarchy. I thought <laughs> we were just mis, you know, just being told to give our support to our family and our most likely our husbands and whatnot. But thinking that it's even bigger than that, a bigger thought process bigger. of keeping us in our box so that we don't try to get out of it. So where do women go from here if they have no idea what their unicorn space is? Right. What can they do? Well, I think before we can get even into understanding, curiosity, connection, completion, uh, I think we have to address the three things that women told me were the hardest hurdles, mm-hmm. to even thinking about one of those three C's or all, all of them. And the three biggest hurdles, again, this comes now, I started this research in 2011. So this would be you now, you know, 12, almost a, over a decade of research. What, what I heard from women was that the number one issue was that they did not believe that they had a permission to be unavailable from their worlds. That mm. was number one. Oh yeah. That availability was actually part of their identity. And and we would do an exercise where I would have them hold their phone and, and picture the school calling uh, if they had children and not picking up. 
And these women were telling me they were getting a stress response just from like the imaginary exercise, right? Their oh, yeah. heart was, was pounding. They started to feel a little bit nauseous. So we know that availability has really been conditioned into our identity. And we talked a lot about this, I think, in episode one. So if people want sort of a refresher about why that is, I would say go back to our first time together because we really talk about yeah. how women's time is not, we've been conditioned to believe our time is not valuable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that happens is even if you and I can convince you today or we can together convince people that they deserve unavailability from their roles as parents, partners, professionals, whatever those roles are, then what was happening next, number two, was that women were telling me that guilt and shame was ruining their unicorn space experiences. So I'll give you an example. There was a single mother who I was following, and she really was very interested in this idea of unicorn space, all the way from fair play, to be honest, because this she got very triggered by, there's a story I tell about this woman who said she lost her permission to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And so this single mom, she told me that she, on DM, this was through Instagram or LinkedIn or somewhere, but she told me that her rent-stabilized apartment building on the Upper West Side has a music room. And because she has, they, she shares it with Juilliard students and she actually used to play piano. So mm-hmm. she said she got really curious and excited about like what new musicals um, she could play and, you know, bought Hamilton sheet music or whatever it was, Red's sheet music. And she booked time, which is takes active step forward to book time to, to be in this music room. But she said when she got there, uh, she could see that the sun was setting and her child doesn't like to be in daycare when it's dark out. And so she just closed the piano, took her sheet music and left mm-hmm. to go pick up her son. So what I found was that guilt and shame are very interesting emotions because other emotions, women tell me they're willing to sit with like their rage or their resentment and they'll keep it inside for a really long time. But guilt and shame were emotions that people acted on immediately, which I thought was so interesting. Like you actually change your behavior in the moment based on that guilt and shame. So that's important to understand that even if you can believe you have a permission to be unavailable, guilt and shame can possibly ruin your unicorn space unless you're willing to interrupt guilt and shame and say, it's not going to affect my decision-making in the moment. Yeah. And then finally, the third hurdle was asking for what you need, which is always a hurdle, I think, or at least it always has been a hurdle for me. It's, it's been a hurdle for me too. And it's so interesting that guilt and shame are those emotions that you act on immediately. Cause like through reading your work, and I mean, I've been working on this now since I read your book three years ago, four years ago, but, um, (laughs) kids come and ask mom first, like you say, like the she fault parent kids come and ask mom for everything first. And something that I have put into my vocabulary now is if I know my husband is home and my kids come to me, I'm like, So what did dad say about this? (laughs) And they'll look at me with the blank face. They'll be like, I didn't ask him. I'll be like, you go check with him. You go check with him right now. And the first time was hard. It was really hard because I'm like, oh my gosh, am I inconveniencing my husband? I'm not doing this for my kids. How dare I do this? But I do have to say, doing it over and over again, I'm realizing the unfairness of it all, that everything was on me. And now- I'm enjoying asking that question. What does dad have to say? Because it it needs to be shared, that responsibility in households. Absolutely. And I think the real hard part for me, and what's actually been really exciting since I last saw you, was what was interesting to me about the fair play journey 
was that when I went to lawmakers and we've been out now, we have a fair play documentary on Hulu. We've sort of been out on the fair play journey for a long time. I've been out there a long time. And when I framed the issue of women's time as a workplace issue, as an issue where, you know, we're going to lose 30 to 40 years of women's labor force participation, which we did frame it as even before the pandemic, society didn't feel urgency to me. I, I didn't feel people picking up their pen, especially when I met with lawmakers. They weren't sort of picking up their pen. But when it was actually framed as a unicorn space issue, what I mean by that is that it affects people's mental and physical health if they don't get to value their own time or have time choice over how they use their time. Then all of a sudden people started to pick up their pen because yep. the women who told me that they had no extra time, that they were just parents, partners, and professionals in 2011, I had 200 in my cohort. I'm picking up the fair play cards. It was a spreadsheet back then, as you know, the shit I do spreadsheet. So it wasn't cards, it was tabs, <laughs> but, but same, same cards, tabs. So I would ask them, how many tabs are you holding? And in the spreadsheet, if women told me that they could identify that they were the main lead parent on, or the lead person on 67 out of 100 tabs. So typically, if you'll hold 67 cards, it means you have children. If they were holding 67 of those tabs and they also worked full time for pay. So those were 200 women I had in 2011. Mm -hmm. I've been able to follow those 200 women. Thank God we have actually kept tabs on all those women. And what we found 10 years later, or more than 10 years later, is that every single one of those women is being treated for a stress-related illness or self-medicating. Oh, that's crazy. So that's what I don't want for you. That's why there's urgency. Right. Create A creative life, a unicorn-space life is really not optional because otherwise these were the top five. We had insomnia was number one, overactive thyroid was number two, hair loss was number three. SSRI use was number four, and actually cancer diagnoses was number five, which was really shocking to me. That is crazy that all of these health-related illnesses come from just not valuing or putting, prioritizing creativity. So like once people have started and recognized that shame and guilt is keeping them held back and they know they need this, but they've been caring for their kids for so long that they have no idea where they're even going to start with this. What can they do? Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip 
trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Well, my favorite thing to do is really think about where you're lacking. So A great place to start is as we go back to those three C's, curiosity, connection, and completion, it's actually to start where you feel the most disconnected from. So I'll explain what I mean. So if you feel like I literally have no idea what I would be curious about, then you start there. If you think to yourself, I'm really lonely, I've been really isolated in this journey. Um, And by the way, for any of your listeners, you know, kudos to them because part of breaking isolation is listening to podcasts and other women to say like, you're not alone. So thank you for creating this community for, for people. I said, it's a unicorn space for sure. And so that would be loneliness and isolation. That would be connection. And then completion would be another place. And so one woman said to me, and I wrote about this in the books, it was funny that she feels curious all the time and she feels connected but she's a graveyard of unfulfilled dreams. Mm. And what she meant by that was every time her GoDaddy accounts would come up and she would see, like, do you want to renew this domain name? She'd be like, oh my God, like, I forgot about that idea. So she was like a washing idea. But for her, it was this idea, like, I don't even know how to complete all of these ideas that I'm thinking about. So I would say start with whatever is the issue because that's really helpful to really start journaling and thinking about like, what, what am I lacking right now? Am I really lacking that wonder, that lifelong learning journey? Am I lacking, you know, connection with others or am I lacking this ability to complete something that I'm really, you know, thinking about? That is a great place to start because I think that, you know, different people I talk to would say something different. Like it's not a one size fits all answer. And I'm thinking of my own mom here and where I can encourage her to find some, some unicorn space, which I think she's already found in gardening, but. Oh, gardening. Yeah. She so loves again, it. Has to be a, but you have to have a share with the world component. So that's the thing. These solo pursuits are, don't really have the mental and physical benefits that I'm looking for, for people, which is she would, I want her to up-level her gardening. If she want, why doesn't she, as one woman did in my, and I wrote about her too, I think it was called the ugly vegetable contest. She entered like some weird zucchini into an ugly vegetable contest. I didn't even oh know there were goodness. things like that. But maybe your mother can grow an ugly <laughs> vegetable. And I would. Give her bounty in her garden to a local school or to um, friends in the neighborhood in a cute basket. Like that's sort of, that's the sharing component that we just want to up, just up-level her one, one level. Yeah. And that would, that would take care of like 
well, the connection with the world, because something I've seen like repeated again and again in media, I just listened to a podcast episode about this yesterday about men. Um, the loneliness factor is how like we are just so isolated in society. And I mean, a unicorn space that you share with the world that, that like clicks off the, Hey, here's how I'm going to connect with others. And get and my that's message. how I met my neighbor. We, yeah. we recently moved actually. And in our old neighborhood, we didn't know any of our neighbors, but in this neighborhood, one of our neighbors is a beekeeper. Um, and so she makes her own honey, which I think is so interesting. And so she brought us for Rosh Hashanah, like a happy new year, honey, because it's a Jewish custom to dip challah our bread into, into honey or apples into honey for a sweet new year. So I met her because it was, and I will love her forever. I will love her forever because what a nice gesture. And it was really the best honey, you know, ever because it's, it was fresh. It was from her garden. I got to learn about what it means to keep bees. Just really interesting. That wow. That's cool because I like want to give stuff to my neighbors. I'm like, yes. oh, I should do that. I should be like more open and I can never get my head around it. But thinking about it in terms of just sharing a unicorn space, uh, Oh, my neighbors across the street are Mormon, so I can't bring them a margarita. But <laughs> yes. like, I have to figure out something well, else. I was going to say them. another neighbor, another neighbor. Well, you know what you could do? Like, I have so many fun ideas lately for unicorn space. Like, I'm really interested in mixology. The thing about unicorn space is that once you unleash it, your creativity in one area, right? So for me, it was really starting to write books again. Then it was starting to dance during the pandemic, and then now I want to write a murder mystery. You start the oh, fear. I read it. Go- yeah. Well, I'm re- thank you. You'll be my test reader. I'm a thriller yeah. reader. I read all of them. Oh my them. gosh, good. So am I. And I'm starting to get annoyed that every single thriller has like any any protagonist in the thriller's parents have died in a car crash and they were kids. And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> why does that have to be always the plot line? I have some to um, recommend to you, Eve, when we get off. I'll, oh, oh please, my gosh. Please. I just want to just finished. Good. <laughs> Tell me. I always am looking for another thriller. But basically, it's just... You, I think the fear diminishes as you start doing more and more things because you just don't give a shit anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if you're you're out of a unicorn space routine or practice, you know, when you do anything, you feel like the whole world's going to look at you or laugh at you for whatever you're doing. But once you get into the rhythm of it, then it really is easier to complete things because you realize it doesn't have to be perfection. I think that's the good thing about starting is that so many people say they don't want to start because they don't, if they did a podcast, what if it wasn't, you know, a top 10 podcast on Apple? Like they're so used to being excellent that a unicorn space gets sort of dropped into like the excellence bucket. Mm-hmm. And I just want people to feel like they can be themselves. They can try and it does not have to be perfection. I I love that message. And I think it's so, so important And Eve, thank you so much for joining us here again and sharing all of this great stuff about unicorn space. And I hope that if you're listening right now, you are thinking what your unicorn space can be and what you can try, but we're so thankful for you. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. you. I want to end on one tip, which I think is really was fun recently. So I love moleskins and I have, you know, different colors for everyone. So I would ask your listeners, go get a moleskin. Start a guilt and shame journal. It's really fun to do. So when you feel guilty about something, you just write it down in your journal. And so for me, it would be like, I feel guilty because I didn't put, I'm not putting Anna to bed tonight. Then what you do is you cross out, I feel guilty because we talked a little bit about this and you, and you put in, I made the decision because instead, 
Now, the fun part about the guilt and shame journal is that you feel really that acute guilt in the moment, right? I feel guilty because I didn't put Anna, I'm not putting Anna to bed tonight. I'm making the decision not to put Anna to bed tonight so I can be with Joanne and Bree. When you look back a year later and you see like you felt guilty for going to coffee with a friend because you didn't like take your child on a walk, you're, you think you, you look at it and you're like, what is literally wrong with me? So I think it's actually guilt and shame in, in retrospect is really fun to look at because you realize it's, it's really a very bizarre emotion because it's not the things we feel guilty about are really not things we should be feeling guilty about at all. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I would I love a guilt and shame journal because I would probably have the same reaction. Like what yes. is wrong with me? Hey, then you know, you're not alone. Cause all of us have those crazy, like, yes, wow. you're not alone. Why? Like sometimes I'll verbalize my, my guilt or my shame to my husband and he'll be like, he'll just, what? No, (laughs) no. Most of my guilt and shame is revolving around him. I feel so bad that I had to, that I feel shameful that I asked you to help with dinner. And he'll be like, are you serious? Right. (laughs) No, no. And exactly. It unpacks and you'll start seeing some of that gendered stuff in your journal too, which makes you realize, oh, wow, like, where did this come from? You know, what message was this? Did I hear this from? So it's a fun exercise. And, uh, you know, if anybody does it, of course, they can always reach out to me at Fair Play Life on Instagram and tell us how it went. Yeah, definitely. We'll put all those links in the show notes. So thank you so much, Eve, for joining us. All right, big hugs. I'm getting on the road now. Joanne, will you email me some thriller recommendations? Yes, I will. (laughs) Most definitely. I have a lot of them. I, uh, yeah, I have a lot of them. I'll email them. Perfect. Okay. So all throughout the episode, Brie, I didn't want to ask you when we were on with Eve because I didn't want to put you on the spot. What, what is your unicorn space? Okay. What do you share so, with the world? No, that's a really great question because I was wondering the exact same thing. I was going to say, but then like the moment came and passed. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't. It's like one of those things where you think of it later and you're like, if I say it now, it's going to be, hey guys, remember five minutes later when we were talking about this? <laughs> Um, I do that all the time in podcast episodes, by the way. I'm like, something interesting you said right there. I want to go back to that. <laughs> yeah, but that works with the, it works typically when you say that because you say it right after. Like, I think that like you guys talked about unicorn time and then it moves on to a different topic and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh. Uh, but so I don't know because normally I would have said that it's, and you know this, I, I would have said that it's like going kayaking, paddleboarding or going to see live music. Like those are what I always would consider my my what we call unicorn time and balance because there are things that fulfill me, bring me joy that I can do and I can share with my family or, and friends or not. And that I feel like it does make me interesting. There are things that I look forward to in my life, but I don't know if I have a component of sharing it with the world. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so, she mentioned many times about how the podcast is our unicorn space. We do share that with the world. So maybe that's it. And maybe it's also a call that I need to actually finally start putting more stuff on my Instagram because I post like, what, once a month on my Instagram at best? Well, sometimes Instagram though, like social media. Like I always go for the social media things because I'm like, (laughs) a lot of business advice goes by the thing that, you know, you don't build your business on somebody else's platform. And that's like what social media is. It's It's putting your stuff and your work out there on mm-hmm. something somebody else owns. So it could be ripped away from you at any moment is basically the the theory behind it. Like when they okay. change algorithms or if they decide to put you in Facebook jail and take oh. away all your privileges. Stupid or, Facebook jail. <laughs> hackers come in and erase your profile or like idiots. Oh my gosh. Idiots. Okay. Oh, so much. It's so, so much. I have a lot but, of anger towards those things. 
there's there is there is um, so would but, that so would that be though i guess like do you think that would be considered a unicorn space and and what do you and what do you feel like your unicorn space is currently do you feel like I it feel, is the podcast i don't know i feel like i've made a whole career out of my unicorn space well like, that's I've, a fair I, statement i did the writing i did the everything and so i i feel very fulfilled in my line of work that i get to I, also experience a unicorn space as somebody who has known you for many, many years, I would say I see your new unicorn space journeys pop up about every 12 to 16 months. I see a really? new unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. What is it now? Well, uh, the in-person event. Oh, well, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. But I think that's been your, something I've been trying for for yes, five you years. You have been trying and you're finally getting it to, getting it to completion. Five years. And, and, and then you're going to find a new passion that you're going to get excited yeah. about. And I don't have so. to be cagey about it. If you guys have seen social media, it is Mom 2.0, this conference, the parenting um, conference that I've been going to for the past five years. I have also pitched them for the past five years. I'll be like, please. And I hadn't heard anything, hadn't heard anything. And yet Bree's the one who convinced me to pitch again. And I'm like, fine, Bray, I'll pitch again. <laughs> and I did, and they accepted me. So I was very, very See? excited. So, I mean, again, having sat back from a distance, started with the blog back when it used to be whimsical. So people, mm -hmm. if you don't know that, you can dig, 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 dig. Or, Joanne or started bad. as whimsical and then became <laughs> No Guilt Mom. But, and then it became a book. And then the first book happened. And then it became, um, I think, then it became uh, Balance. Mm -hmm. And then another book came as a thing and then like a parenting course and like so it oh, I, I forgot the podcast in there podcast came in before balance so anyways mm -hmm. point being is i have seen all of these passion projects of yours come that light you up you get so giddy and excited about them mm -hmm. and you share them with the world and they're like your little you have so many little babies so many little <laughs> so many little unicorn babies <laughs> there are a lot of little little unicorn babies it's the the way to like being fascinated by your own life and what you can do. But I mean, sometimes you have to be pushed. I mean, you pushed me into doing, we're doing a no guilt mom VIP retreat. And it's yes. something that I've wanted to do forever, but I've been so scared. And Bree sat at me down. She's like, okay, so we're going to do this this year, <laughs> right? I will. Okay. And let me be clear. Like if there's one thing Bree doesn't like, it's moving her cheese. I don't like no. changing things a whole lot. I, I have my parameters on how much change I can handle, but this is something that, you know, kept coming up every, every year and every year you wanted to do it. So yeah, I'm excited that we sat down and we got it scheduled. And since we do record this early, I'm not sure if there's still tickets, but if there are, you really need to go check it out people mm -hmm. because um, I, it's going to be phenomenal oh, because so again, phenomenal. when Joanne gets passionate about something, it is no holds barred. And I, mean, I drag girl. everybody around along with me for the ride. <laughs> yeah, but you also don't you also don't have acid. It's very <laughs> it's very one hundred and ten percent. So or one hundred and fifty, I don't know, however many percentage it can be. So. It's the only way I know to be. See, so it looks like we need to find to you some unicorn space. Where can I push you? Uh, uh, uh cheese. It's in a good spot right now. I don't know. I, I, I'll have to think about that some more. Maybe that'll be something that I will I will think about and work at the retreat. See, Eve started with like my mom and gardening. Like you have you and music and you and kayaking, but I don't think you would be competitive in kayaking. Like you don't want that. I don't have that competitive bone in me. No, I do mm. not. I have the, I, I, I so uh, with me, there, there are things I want to do. I have a, mm -hmm. I have a, uh, 
bucket list of kayaking places I want to go. Mm. So maybe that's it. Maybe mm-hmm. it's expanding it bigger, which would include me having to learn more kayaking skills and all of that. Like I only know mm. how to do certain things. I need to, I need to learn how to do a roll <laughs> if I want to do some of the kayaking that I want to do. I need to learn how to roll so I don't die. <laughs> don't drown. That's a good, good thing to know. Yeah, don't die. Good thing to know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't right die. now, please do it like slow rivers and lakes. I want to go on things faster, but I will have to learn how to get up from underwater if I do that. How do you learn that? You can actually, um, you can actually go places. They have like, uh, they can teach you like in a pool setting. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where to go. Like, I just, I know I've seen videos of how you can be taught that, and I need to look into that because mm-hmm. some of the items on my bucket list will never go anywhere if I don't learn. You got to do like kayaking trip or like a kayak, like a kayaking adventure. Oh, there are like I was supposed to go on a huge kayaking trip with a bunch of people, and then lovely COVID hit, and oh, yeah. it just hasn't really resurfaced since. So I think, and I, you know, we talk about that too in the episode about how one of the components of unicorn space is that connection. Mm-hmm. I think some people are missing that connection because like it just COVID has impacted so much of us. Like it's, it's really hard to get back to where we were socially before, I think, mm-hmm. especially if you're talking about big group things. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think it requires some push. I like that the connection part. It's a good reminder that that's something to push that I think towards. We have to work. Yeah, I think we have to work extra hard on that connection component right now yeah. because it, it's not as easy to fulfill as it was before. Because like, you know, before COVID, I was in a, like four or five different social groups, three different kayaking groups. And out of all that, like only two kayaking groups are still there, but they don't do anything together anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, the social groups don't do anything either anymore. So it's like time to start a kayaking group. Oh gosh, don't tell me oh, about that. <laughs> you know me, I don't like being in charge of people. Like in terms of like you in a group love setting. being in charge of people. No, <laughs> not, in a, like a, not in like a social group setting because I do not want to be your mom. Do not make me like, no, no, I don't like. The last time I was in charge of a group on social media, the principal like went went crazy on me and it wasn't even me. Just because I was the one who created the group, I got in trouble. So yeah, yeah, I that that definitely scarred me, man. <laughs> oh, I see those. I'm like, she was wrong. She was yeah. totally wrong. Oh yeah, totally wrong. But still happened, and it's enough to make me be like, okay, Bree is done. I am no longer like putting together social groups. I will join them. I will help take the lead at things that are happening. But I am no longer in charge of a group of feral people online. It ain't happening. Feral, feral. It's a good, it's a good description of those school groups. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's how it is. Well, we hope you enjoyed our our conversation with Eve and that you're going to find your unicorn space. And we're looking for our next unicorn spaces as we speak. So until next time, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll see you later. Thanks for stopping by. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, 
is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 